Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. We interview senior level baby boomers who share their stories, insights, and how-tos for the emerging leadership of millennials. Our mission is to celebrate their accomplishments in aid of preserving their business knowledge. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Without further ado, I want to welcome Paula to the show. Paula, how are you today? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Paula, here, here's what I would like to do here on High Level Wisdom. You know, one of the things that I, I think is very important for all of our listeners to get a, ch- a chance to do is to hear a little bit about the person because they hear kind of, you know, all of the stats and they'll kind of learn a little bit more about the company. But I would like for you to just kind of share a little bit about your your corporate journey and how you even became an entrepreneur, number one, and, and a little bit about your, your company, if you will, as well. Okay. How I became an entrepreneur? Well, right out of college, I started with a Fortune 500 company uh, down in Bradstreet, uh, headquartered in New Jersey, and I was actually in, in uh, Texas at the time, and uh, was in sales, uh, pretty much uh, selling the database. So basically, down in Bradstreet offers data to businesses for business-to-business marketing. And back then, Chris, there was no such thing as the internet, no such thing as email, uh, everything was data driven in terms of just really providing data for uh, salespeople to make direct sales calls and then also uh, fueling uh, direct marketing programs, which would be basically direct mail. So I spent 11 years there and decided I wasn't really cut out for corporate, corporate America. <laughs> um, they had tried to promote me a couple of times into management, but I just didn't really feel like I, I fit in there. And I'd always really, since I was young, always wanted to have my own business, but Still wasn't quite there when, when I left D&B. So I did a little stint in real estate and did a stint uh, of being a stockbroker and really didn't enjoy that because I was still had a hankering that I wanted to build something from the, the ground up. So um, that's what I did. I started my business at my dining room table and I went back to what I knew, which was uh, data and marketing. And still the internet hadn't come on because I started my business in 1998. So we started out uh, doing uh, direct mail campaigns for both uh, business-to-business and business-to-consumer. And then about two years in is when the Internet came on. So we just kind of morphed into uh, being a an agency of, uh, you know, booking and, and managing online marketing programs. And nobody was really doing it yet. The ad agencies hadn't come on full, full steam doing it yet. We had kind of a niche agency, and it was it was a lot of fun. But it still bothered me that we didn't have any intellectual property in the business. Uh, you know, nothing that was, you know, to be able to position the company up for sale or other than goodwill and, and the and the customers themselves. So we kind of jumped in in 2004 and got involved with uh, email marketing. That's how I met my partner. He's on the East Coast and. 
they he basically had a technology that was able to create and validate email addresses. So we partnered with Dun and Bradstreet and Durian were two of the major companies that we started out with and working with their Fortune uh, 2000 and mid-size accounts and providing email, uh, strictly email data at the time. And then that morphed Chris into building our own database. So probably around 2007, we decided, to, uh, 2008 maybe, we decided to build out our own database with all the information that we didn't have, uh, with, you know, addresses, phone numbers, that type of thing. And then also with contacts with email addresses. So today as we sit here, we work with uh, Fortune 2000 companies and mid-sized companies and small and startups, uh, you know, growing companies, uh, helping them enter the email channel, uh, to which is very economical, to uh, generate leads and business for their companies. And we just launched in Q4 a uh, ability to combine the email marketing with online display advertising that you see like when you're visiting websites, etc., so it's been kind of a journey, but I can tell you that 30 years ago when it was direct mail to today, it, there's just a lot of moving parts, a very, very different world, and very, you gotta stay, you gotta stay, stay up on it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's kind of the path. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's kind of interesting because you had an opportunity as, as obviously you, you were transitioning out of corporate America into your own work. And I love the fact that you literally started on a dining room table. So for anyone who's listening, who thinks that it takes a whole lot of whatever magical pixie does to start a business, it's not true. Paula just told you she started on her dining room table. So it does. It does. <laughs> so I would say, Chris, it's you probably know this, but I would say that it takes the desire, the drive, and the key ingredient for any of your listeners and millennials in particular is uh, is a passion for what it is that you want to do. Because if you have the passion, that's what will drive it versus just, oh, I think I'm going to make a lot of money. That's so why I'm going to do this. Absolutely. I always tell people business is more than a feeling. So it is. That's it right. is. <laughs> so, so that, that is pretty interesting right. because your, your background has been, you've seen kind of the gambit of, of change, especially when you start talking about data, right? You're talking about what data looks like 30 years ago versus what data looks like today. It's right. two totally different worlds. So I, I'm interested. Tell me a little bit about how, as you, you know, went from corporate to running your own business and adding people, where did you start to notice that the shift in the dynamics of the employee kind of happened? How did you start to see that inside of your industry and even inside of the business that you were building? Well, that's a good question because uh, being a baby boomer myself, just coming through the ranks as a baby boomer, you really, you really didn't, you just kind of did your work put your head down, <laughs> didn't ask a lot of questions, and kind of did as you were told. Of course, I never really liked that. So starting a business and, and having employees is a whole different world, as I'm sure you know. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was a little reticent in towards hiring millennials early on because they're so opposite or seem to be opposite of what a baby boomer is. But what I, when I finally embraced it, what I was noticing is that the energy and the drive and the uh, ability to embrace technology so much better than, than me or I've been able to do in the past and probably can do today. They actually helped me with that a lot. And then the transparency, I think, in the workplace is key. 
I don't really think there was a whole lot of transparency when when I was in Fortune 1000 land. I mean, uh, there's a lot of fiefdom silos and departments, people not collaborating. Baby boomers like to collaborate. They like to be involved in uh, what's going on. And it can be perceived, in my opinion, by uh, a baby, uh, by baby boomer that, that they might be asking too many questions, but they like to understand the process of how things work. So that's one thing I would say. And I would say that their, their freshness, look, a whole different types of eyes, looking at things that are so much younger than mine, it's invaluable. Uh, I have really, really em- embraced the millennials in the last few years. Absolutely. So, so take me back to that moment that you just mentioned. You said, you know, <laughs> you didn't ask a lot of questions back then. You kind of came into work put your head down. You worked as many mm-hmm. hours as they told you to work yeah. and you hope to one day mm-hmm. rise through the ranks. So, so what was that like to, to go into the office every day trying to be the, you know, the quote unquote first one in last one out mentality just as an employee mm-hmm. back then. And, and what was that, what was that dynamic like knowing that you had this <laughs> internal thing that said, you know what, I'm, I'm a little bit more than, <laughs> than, than the rules and regulations of, of this time. What, what was that like to be in that moment? Well, I think a couple of things. I think we were expected to work late and weekends to do, I mean, they couldn't make you do it, but we was kind of implied and uh, you did, that you did your proposals and your you sales time with sales time. And, and when you weren't selling, then you could write your proposals and things at night and you just kind of was understood and you did it. But that's not what happens today, right? Uh, I don't think people look at it that way. I think my, my major issue was not having a voice, okay? Being a female a salesperson when there was probably only 20% in the company at the, uh, in D&D at the time, didn't have a whole lot of voice. It was kind of not, was, it just didn't exist because it was kind of an anomaly being a female in sales. And it really bothered me because I kind of, you know, I'm an Italian background, Chris, and I'd like to say my piece. Okay. <laughs> And being expected to kind of stay in the corner and be quiet wasn't working out too good for me. So I think that's that's another reason why I wanted to go on my own and do my own thing because then then I could, you know, work the way I wanted to work, say what I wanted to say. And then also, it was very important to me that the people that work for me be allowed to have that same ability. They can't have their voice heard, even if we don't agree. You know, I mean, obviously, it's my company, so I, I have the last say. But I li- I'd still like to hear other people's opinions and value their uh, the exchange, uh, you know, before a decision is made. And so that was very important to me. And you don't necessarily get that. I mean, it may have changed in corporate America. I've been gone a long time, but it certainly wasn't there when I was there. So you're kind of speaking to some of those impacts, right? Because obviously there was an impact on you. <laughs> Uh, back then on, on how right. the, the environment of the, the, the workplace was, uh, especially being, being a woman in a, in a fairly large and, and, and widely known company. Um, you weren't in a small company. Mm-hmm. So with those types of impacts, it pushed you to be an entrepreneur. What would you say that now being on the other side, being the leader, being a leader as long as you have, what impacts would you say that millennials are having on the workplace and even maybe uh, in, in, in your work environment today? I think I've developed, I've even developed being transparent more than I was before, okay, with the team. I think the the fact that they have the speed of 
of embracing the processes and technologies and, and bringing them to the forefront with me. Um, I've tasked people to go figure out how to do something the best way and find the technology and stuff to do it and then present it to me. And they're good at that. I think the younger, fresh eyes and, and, you know, they haven't been, they haven't been jaded. Okay. They haven't, you know, if you've been out of college one or two years, you're just not jaded yet, you know, in terms of, you know, done that, been there, and this is the way it's always been type of thing. But I think sometimes the baby boomers are, are charged with and probably rightfully so for some. Though, and I will say they want to work life balance. So something that I don't think the baby boomers, the baby boomers are also wanting to create a lot of wealth. And I don't think that the millennials are as interested in creating huge wealth as they are. Truly, they want to make money. Everybody does. But they also want to give something to society. They also want to, and I think that pendulum swinging back the other way from just how much money do I make? How big is my house? How many cars do I have? Is a good thing. And I think the fact that they also tend to be very philanthropic. I think somewhere along the way, we lost some of that too. Uh, helps. And I know that's not directly interfacing with the workplace, but I think it's, you know, who they are as individuals. And I think it kind of helps you or one or me, you know, just strive to be better as well. Does that help? Yeah. You know, actually, w- what you're talking about is things that have maybe what people didn't recognize is how how important, as you mentioned, the pendulum kind of swung. And millennials really approach the work because they've been shaped by certain events, certain things that have happened that they've seen kind of grow, growing up, things that they care more about. Like you mentioned, it's not, you know, just about, you know, the, you know, $20 million home. It's about, you know, how, how am right. I making an impact socially? So, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, what are your thoughts on what do you think has probably been some maybe major events, that, you know, whether it's been socioeconomic events or just lifetime events that have happened over the last 20 years that have kind of shaped the millennial and how they even approach work? Well, I think they always say each generation, or at least they, whoever the day is, but they think each generation gets better, makes more money, is more, you know, is, uh, rising up in society a little bit better than the one before. I think most of the millennials, uh, or a lot of the millennials, come from, you know, homes where there's good uh, economic power and had things a little bit easier, I think, than the boomers did. And I think they, when they when they bring that to work, I think they do expect things to be sometimes a little bit easy, easier. And then we, as boomers, think maybe, look, you don't realize how hard it was, okay? And so that there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes there. I think I trailed off on you there a little bit, Chris, into a different direction. I think what you're talking about uh, when I hear you is that, you know, it was a little easier. I've heard, you know, I've heard that from from many baby boomer, you know, leaders who say, you know, um, I, I spoke to one who mentioned that, you know, they're the result of how we coddled as baby boomers because we yeah. didn't want our kids to have yeah. to work so hard. So do you think that maybe even some of that might have been, you know, uh, uh, right now we're seeing kind of the consequences of some of that? Yeah. And I tell you that, that, that the, 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 uh, the millennials that work for me, I, I've actually speak to them about it. Okay. That, you know, look, nobody says it has to be the way we were, you know, put your head down, be quiet, go sit in the corner, do your work. Okay, I think it's evolved in a, in, in a nice way, and it's a good way. But, you know, going from an entry-level position to VP in a year just isn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, the, 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 
they, it seems like the trajectory, they want the trajectory to be fast to get to the promotions and not necessarily have spent the time in the, in the, in the trench to totally learn everything that they need to learn to be at that level. I am a big believer in allowing people to excel at their pace. I mean, everybody's got their own pace on how much, how far they want to stretch, how much they want to learn and, and who they want to be. So, I think that's important to rec- try to treat each person as an individual and look at what their strengths and weaknesses are, play, play to the strengths. I think it's a waste of time to play to their weaknesses and try to make them something that they're not. A- anybody, not even a millennial, just anybody. And then focus on that and then help them develop. I mean, everybody that's ever worked for me, I told them, my job as a leader is to help you rise to the, the, high, the highest level that you can. And if it surpasses what's available here, then it may be time for you to go. And that's okay. But, you know, but while you're here, you know, let learn as much as you can and grow as much as you can to the highest level that you can. So, so, so let's talk about some of those, uh, <laughs> those, those struggles that typically happen or maybe that you've seen in your, in your time as a, as a leader between boomers and millennials. Where, where do you think, let's just start with the boomers. Where do you think as a boomer, boomers tend to struggle when either building that relationship or even trying to understand the millennial, where, where do you think that the struggle is and the gaps are for, for boomers? You know, I think maybe speaking for myself on this one, I would say maybe I had a block myself. I was like, wait a minute. You know, what? it's kind of like when your parents told you I had to walk two miles to school in the snow. <laughs> you know, and, and, now you, and now you have a car that I bought you at age 16. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I think that there, I, I actually had a little bit of a block. I thought, well, wow, you know, this is tough for me. Why do they think it's supposed to be so easy? You know? And there was a little bit of a block, like I, I can remember telling the, my business advisor that I work with, he says, well, you know, you, you need to get prepared for the millennials, you know, and this is what they expect. And I said, I remember saying, I don't really care what they expect. I had to do it this way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then, uh, then I kind of grew up a little bit, you know, I thought, you know, I need to think about this, you know, they get good, t- get good talent and, and the markets change, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but 52% of the since we're in the predominantly in the B2B marketing world, but 52% of the people in the employees in the B2B space are millennials. Absolutely. Okay. And that's just going to increase. That's right. It's going to keep increasing. So, you know, the the talent pool is shifting to there. So if you don't make the shift, you're going to be left behind. So I did the work to understand what it is that was important to them and and, and, and speak with them. Saw an interesting presentation by one of the LinkedIn executives at a one of the, uh, the Vistage meetings, the executive group I belong to, and they said at LinkedIn that they sit them down and tell them it's the tours of duty. How, how long are you going to stay? You want to stay two years? We're going to help you build out that profile so that you have a better LinkedIn profile when you leave. But you got to give me the two years. Wow. Okay. It's interesting. Nobody said that to me when when I was <laughs> going to the range. You know, right. If you don't like the job, get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a, I think it's a huge difference. But I, again, as I said earlier, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I can remember working for vice president who told me, I told her, look, you're, you're managing by fear. This is in the 80s. She says, well, that's how I was treated. I said, but we don't, my generation, this is boomer here. And she was actually boomer too. I said, but I, we, we don't, we're not responding by management by fear. Right. Okay. Right. And, and so another reason why I had to get out of corporate America. And then you look at the money, they're not going to respond to you scaring them. That's right. They'll leave. You know, <laughs> they want, they see, they see the, the work 
the home life is an, uh, coming to work is an extension of the home. Okay. Wow. It's kind of like when they, their parents, they come to the office, they want to talk about themselves and, and, you know, and family and feel comfortable that they can come in and tell you the truth about something or something's going on with them or whatever, which I don't think, I don't remember that ever happening for me. And they didn't care. Just go to your work. So, um, I actually think it's good. I think it makes for a healthier environment. I think it help, makes for healthier teams and collaboration and working together. And you know what? They're young and they're a lot of fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, I hope you're enjoying the conversation, the wisdom and the insight so far. This is part one of a two-part episode. So the next part is coming. Feel free to stay tuned for the next episode Thank you for listening to High Level Wisdom, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, are you enjoying this podcast and episode? Maybe you would like to have your product or service in this spot right here. If you're interested in advertising with us, feel free to send us an email at info at highlevelwisdom.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.